Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown! Is there nothing more exhilarating and emotional than going to see one of your favourite bands or artists live? Whether it's in a packed out stadium or the local pub, live music can stir the soul and rock your very bones. Here's Neil with 10 live music facts right now. Thank you very much, Pav. So here we go. The Beatles helped end racially segregated concerts by refusing to play at segregated events. The Cure once played a four-hour concert during which they played 50 songs. Hello, darlings! Hi, hi, hi! So glad you could come! At most of his concerts, Billy Joel gives his front-row tickets away randomly to people in the cheaper seats, so the front row isn't filled with wealthy people or gold chainers, as Joel recalls them. In 1972, the band Deep Purple broke the world record for the loudest concert ever. Three audience members were rendered unconscious. <laughs> There'll be a short intermission while I get some monitors. In 2006, Katie Melua gave a concert of 303 metres below sea level in one of the legs of the Troll A oil rig, earning a Guinness record for the deepest underwater concert. As of 2022, U2's 360-degree tour, starting in 2009 and ending in 2011, was the highest-grossing tour ever, earning over £704 million. No, I wrote this while I was looking in the mirror, right? (laughs) The Rolling Stones are credited with the longest tour, with the Voodoo Lounge Tour, which lasted over two years and played over 100 cities. And the Stones also win the award for the longest touring band. They've been hitting the road since 1962. Jean-Michel Jarre holds the award for the biggest attendance to a gig. Over 3.5 million people playing at the 850th anniversary of the City of Moscow in 1997. (laughs) 
and K-pop band EXO or EXO now hold the record for the fastest ever tour to sell out. It sold out in nine minutes for 22 dates. Thank you very much, Neil. A I'll pleasure as always. Music play on. Well, this is going to be a very personal kind of gig, I think. That gig? <laughs> I've got gigs yeah, in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yes, so top 10 gigs that we've been to, and we are joined by the wonderful and lovely top head herself. Anna is back. Yay! And lovely to see her. It is too. Good to see you guys as well. So how are you, Anna? Doing well. It's a beautiful, I think, 85 degree day here in uh, Colorado, so... Oh my god! Oh, put the summer clothes on. I can see nice. looking very glamorous. I must admit, oh, it's you're been too kind. it's been pissing down with rain here. <laughs> and cold and cold and windy and horrible and uh, so it's nice that you brought sunshine in all kinds of ways. Aww. well, yeah, we could go with snowing here. So the weather in Colorado is just give it a minute; it'll change. Oh my <laughs> god! Well, yeah. so here we go. Um, how did you guys find? Uh, sorting your top tens out, Anna. Was it easy? Was I needed more. You needed more. I have an honor, a couple honorable mentions, maybe. Have you as well? I, don't I, know. So. <laughs> and I must admit, I think this is the most honorable mentions we've had sent in as well. Um, we've had quite wow. a few, so I've had to I've had to whittle a few down as well because we've had some um, essays sent. In. <laughs> 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 what about you, Neil? Was you, I, I believe I was just talking to you just before we went on air. Yeah. It was a little bit hard for you. Well, I said to you, you know, um, we quite often say this is one of the hardest. This generally was one of my hardest because I go to so many gigs. Um, so to narrow it down to 10, well, was a challenge, but we got there. We got yeah. there. Good. You know? I mean, I, look, I'm legendary for saying that it's one of the things I'm famous for is that if I love the live music thing, I love going to gigs, but it's the faff of getting there and the faff of coming home. Mm. If someone can pick me up and put me in the venue and then pick me up and take me home, I would go to more gigs. It's just the whole faff of it all. And I don't care and who it is. And it's getting worse. And it is. And it's also getting way more expensive as well mm. now just to go and see. I mean, I wouldn't even say legendary bands. I mean, the legendary bands are like way, way too expensive. Mm. Um, But I'm going to be, it's going to be interesting. I mean, mine, again, you know, everyone knows what my music taste is like. It's very vanilla. So there's not going to be any cutting edge people in mine. (laughs) I've had to take, I've had to take uh, Cliff Richard out. I don't even know if you know who that is, Anna. You don't even know who Cliff Richard is. No. So so I've got people like Cliff Richard and Wet, Wet, Wet that I haven't got in my top 10. Although I must say, I never saw, we went to see Wet, Wet, Wet the day that Princess Diana died. So that was a weird one. That was a real weird gig because it was the Sunday morning that obviously it was all on the news and everything. Uh, and then we and we had to phone up the venue. It wasn't WWW at the time mm. to find out whether or not the gig was still going to go on. Um, and it was. And it was one of the weirdest feelings at a gig. I don't think people knew quite how to feel or react and stuff. So it was a no. very, 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 very strange one. But I'm it's sure still one of those moments in time where you remember exactly where you were. Exactly. Because she was beloved yeah. by everybody. Absolutely. And it was just, I think it was very, very strange. I think driving there, you were sort of feeling numb and then coming back, you were feeling numb and you're not quite sure whether you're feeling guilty if you were enjoying the gig or, yeah, it's just very, very strange. Okay, Anna, kick us off with your number 10. 
My number 10 uh, would be Radiohead at the Greek. So for me, and this is in 2005-ish time frame, I think it was, um, a lot to do with the venue. Um, it was a star-studded event. Just in the seats in front of me were uh, Michelle Williams, Heath Ledger, uh, wow. Marilyn Manson, I could see uh, Gwen and Gavin coming out of the backstage and over to the, I got the hookup on the tickets. It was really nice, but it was, everybody was there. And as I was exiting the concert, a lady, it's a little bit of a hill, grabbed onto my arm and said, oh dear, can I, I was like, of course. And it was Rosanna Arquette. Well, so wow. I will oh never God. wash this elbow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Do you know that's yeah. one band? And the band and I, was great too. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, there's one band I absolutely adore, but I've never caught them live yet. Mm. I I wasn't a huge fan at the time. I was like, oh, I, I like them. I want to hear them. And then, you know, when they said, okay, the Greek, which is a, a smaller amphitheater, nestled like in the Hollywood Hills, perfect venue. It's my, one of my all-time favorite venues. And, oh. It's just magical, absolutely magical. Because we actually live very close to the town that they come from, or I should say city, um, Oxford, which is uh, not even an hour up the road. Um, And very often they play a small gig, an intimate gig at this one pub in Oxford, but they never obviously advertise it as Radiohead. So you, if you're there, you're lucky if you're not, you know. Um, And I've never been lucky enough to walk in and there they were, but wow. One of these well, days you will be. Maybe. Well, maybe. I'll I mean, just pay. They're, to go they're literally neighbours, Neil. They're they literally neighbours. You could go around and get a bowl of sugar or a bottle of milk off of them. <laughs> Me and Tom sharing a bowl of sugar. <laughs> Cocoa Pops, yeah. A bowl one. of morphine. <laughs> I was just saying that. <laughs> uh, uh, just sprinkle a little bit on your shreddies. Yeah. Mm. Um, all right, go on then, Neil. You're number 10. So this is Faith No More. I went to see them on the 26th of November, 1992 at the Brixton Academy, which is, well, was my favourite venue for sound and intimacy. It's now obviously due to the shocking occurrence that happened at the end of last year. It's closed still at the moment. Um, But this one was special because I didn't realise it was being um, filmed and also recorded for their infamous live album, Faith No More Live at Brixton. uh, so I'm sort of a part of history, but I love the the the, the gig. I don't know whether you're Faith No More fans. Oh, I, like, I like Faith No More. Mm. No one of their, no two of their songs. Two of their, they're two big hits. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there you go. We have a little deep delve if you want, Pav. I'm not <laughs> what, sure it's two, yours. Did yeah. their two biggest hits. Yeah. Well, no, have a listen to some more. I'm not sure you'll like them, but I think Mike Patton has probably got one of the best voices in rock. There you go, and he still holds it now. Are they still going now, are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they still what, going. original lineup, or is it... No, like... they've had a few changes. Right. Yeah, but it's still the original singer. Well, what, what, he wasn't the original singer. He replaced one guy. The original singer's now dead, but Mike Patton's probably the long-serving singer. The Faith right. Animal. And what year was that, did you say? 1992. 1992. Lovely. See what I mean? We've got, like, they're very sort of edgy... Um, I'm just going to say my top 10. It's no point in me trying to build it up or knock it down or whatever. Uh, my number 10. Now, this was the tour, the U2 tour. I wanted to see the tour before, if that makes right. sense. But this was the Zuropa tour. 
This was Wembley Stadium, 1993. I would like to have seen the Zoo TV tour, which was the tour before. Mm. This was when they started getting really electro poppy. It was it was still amazing because like I sort of got onto the U2 train, I think, for Unforgettable Fire, and then Rattle and Hum, and then mm. the, obviously Acting Baby was. I think I put that in my one of my top 90s albums. It was up there very, very high. Um, and as a live band, the sound that they get from just four guys, although I think there's another guitarist at the back somewhere, isn't there? I think doing Yeah, stuff. there is some backing music. There is some yeah. backing. But the whole, it was all big TVs and I think that was the big lemon. There was a big lemon on stage for some reason. That's right, I remember <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. Um, but fantastic. Um, it You can't, I mean, one of the greatest live bands, I think, you mm. two. And the fact that they keep changing, maybe not so much now because they're a lot older, but they used to change every so often, change the way they looked, change their sound, always made it a bit more interesting. To go from like the rattle and hum, not acoustic, but the very sort of, what would you stripped call back. it? Yeah, stripped back sort of rock sound to then being very overproduced and... Mm different sound effects going on but uh yeah that was mine uh, again another band i've not seen anna have you not. seen you two i i have actually it was a very um i don't know what concert um it were what the tour was called i i'm not a huge u2 fan but uh, a very sweet kind vendor of mine i had just lost my father on the 24th of march and on april 1st he called at the last minute and said hey i have an extra ticket now i I worked for a pretty big dot-com company at the time. And so this was a front row ticket. This is a floor wow. ticket. Wow. And with the all access pass and all that, which unfortunately meant nothing to me. Right. But there was a moment where they had the rounder where Bono would come out. So he's like in the middle of the floor. It was also the same time where um, the Pope was very ill. Right. And and dying it was because he died a few days after my father, and not to bring the conversation down, but he at one point Bono took a rosary, and put it on the uh, mic stand, and then illuminated it with one big light. And what I was going through and what that was was just that was the moment. So yeah, absolutely. Wow. I'll always appreciate that. Just never got into their music. There's a couple yeah. songs I really love, but I have seen them live. They're awesome musicians, but not, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not... Not my cup of tea, if you will. No. <laughs> okay. Then. A no, I could do. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right then, Anna, let's see what is your cup of tea with your number nine. Uh, so this one is a... Um, this one just goes down in history for me so well. This was at Dodger Stadium in 1989. It was the Cure, Love and Rockets and the Pixies. Now, I bought a $12 ticket, general admission, to go in last minute. So the day of, I'm standing at the box office. And my two older girlfriends that I was with said, you see that guy over there? Maybe you should go bum a smoke from him. I don't smoke. Why do you want me to go get a cigarette? I'm just go do it. And they were in their 20s. I was 17. Of course, I'm going to listen to what they say. And he says, well, you get your ticket, little lady, and you just come back here. And those are your girlfriends over there, right? And I was like, yeah. Um, we were put in the very, very front. So not the front row seats. We were put, I think it was like AAA4. And they were right there. And then we were backstaged and all that kind of stuff. And it ruined all other concert experiences for me because I was 17. I thought wow. this is just what happened. I was completely wrong. 
But it was I don't know. Awesome. I mean, the way you talk about other, I mean, you've got great seats for you too. I mean, Radiohead, didn't you say? I mean, you're, you're hopping Yeah, Radiohead with the was stars. insane. Yeah. It seems like every gig you've gone to, you're like a VIP. Oh, I've had some shit seats. Oh, right. I had some <laughs> nosebleed seats. I saw the cult. And I was at the at an amphitheater that was just, I was nosebleed just oh it was god awful but I love Ian and I will go anywhere to see him so. right okay wow. wow I mean that's a good one though I mean A A A four yeah you, you literally... well, and we stood in front of those people so those fools spent all that money on those tickets yeah. <laughs> you just need to have hot girlfriends you literally just sat on the stage is what you were probably and we were right there and then they tried to have us exited. And uh, then we had a security guard stand right with us the rest of the show mm. and said, you will not touch that. Wow. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh, uh, to be awesome. 17 again. Oh, yeah. oh God, oh, to be yeah. 17 again. Right, go on then, Neil, beat that. Uh, well, I don't think I can. <laughs> but this was a magical uh, gig for me because um, it was in it was 14th of November 1988 at the Birmingham NEC, which is an iconic venue in Birmingham, UK. Um, 1988 was a very good year for gigging for me because I went to absolutely shitloads of them and it was David Lee Roth's gig this time and it blew me away it's when he was doing all the jumps the splits and then floated over our heads on a surfboard it was just pure pure entertainment now whether you love or loathe David Lee Roth there is no taking away that man is a showman he shows off and he's got every capability of showing off. I'm not so sure now or whether we'll ever see him again now, especially since Eddie Van Halen passed away. Um, so, yeah, it's just a magical one. So was, he, actually... doing, was he doing Van Halen songs as well, was he? No, it was all the solo stuff. He did enough solo stuff. It was when he had Stevie Vai on the guitar, oh, you know, right. famously played the three-headed guitar or whatever it was. And He yeah. really fancied himself a crooner. He really thought that... Mm-hmm. You know, and I, the man is batshit crazy, but I love him. I am a hardcore Van Halen fan, but I do right. not mess with the Sammy years. Right. To me, there's one Van Halen. Yeah. So you want to fight, I'll fight, but it's David Lee Roth. I mean, I wish I got to see them together, but they never sort of really ventured back into the UK when they sort of reformed and did their tours yeah. again. But yeah, we forget how much of a lunatic David Lee Roth was as well. I mean, if you've seen Absolutely. the Absolutely. Film, it sort of touches on it a little bit, but that man was a monster. With... Just out of interest, though, for with Van Halen fans, then is is it only David Lee Roth? Do they or or do some people like it was Sammy Hagar? Wasn't it? Oh, wasn't it? Some yeah. can appreciate both. both. Um, right. I'm I don't find myself to be one of them. The Hagar years are a little too commercial for me. Right. Okay. So, it was okay. It was just his style of singing. I didn't really yeah. well with uh, David Lee Roth was by far the better singer and performer. Um, but I yeah. wouldn't say that to Sammy Hagar's face. <laughs> <laughs> I would. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll stand behind you, Anna. And then but Anna probably Hagar, did because right? she was probably sat next to him yeah. in the gig. <laughs> yeah. Actually, okay, fun fact. My mom in the 80s had a house cleaning business um, and she used to clean Michael Anthony's house. Oh, wow. He lived one town over. And oh, yeah, so I've I mean. been behind his truck in, uh, in a town called Glendora and... He had a like a white Ford, I believe it was a big white truck, but I can't think of oh uh, the license. I'm always paying attention to license plates. A lot of personalized plates in California, mm. and his license plate it without the vowels read Chicken Foot. I said Chicken Foot. Who would have Chicken? Oh my God, that's Michael Anthony. <laughs> I 
I would have oh, followed wow. him if I wasn't headed for a facial. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Pop. <laughs> I'm just feeling like you are like the Forrest Gump of rock music, Anna. You like you're everywhere. <laughs> you, you, you have you've got your like like either your fingers or your feet in every. Part of rock history. Whatever your fetishes, baby. Yes. I know. <laughs> oh, there, are, there are loads, Anna. There are loads. Uh, right, my number nine, um, and it's only it's for one moment. The reason that this is in my top ten, um, we went and saw Bruno Mars on the twenty four K tour, uh, twenty eighteen, at the Birmingham. Now, I think the other arena that's in Birmingham is the inter- is it the indoor arena or the international arena? They just call it Birmingham Arena because um, okay. what we called the Birmingham NEC is now called the Genting Arena. Or is something. it? It's very changes confusing. its name all yeah, the time with sponsorships. Um, and it was a great gig. It's very slick. Uh, it, the, the musicians in his band are top notch. But there's a video that I have of um, it was me, my wife, and um, all the kids. And it was just during the part of the Don't Believe Me, Just Watch part of, um, what was the name of the song? Uptown Funk. Uptown Funk. And we did a selfie where we're all singing that bit. And it's my favourite bit of home video footage ever because it's just all of us all doing the same thing. And then we all just, when it goes back into the music, we all just start <laughs> like boogieing around. <laughs> and it's just, it's one of my favourite bits of like home video, if you like, if if you want to put it in an old fashioned term. That's awesome. But He's a was, great showman as well. He is. I mean, the the guy's voice is just is like it's another world. I don't know how he does it. I really don't because it is. He never misses a beat. He never misses a note. Is unbelievable live. He really is. Um, but that that is the reason that that is in my top ten. Uh, Anna, your number eight, please. So this is a band that I've seen the most out of any bands ever um southern california orange county band and i love them and i don't even think when we talked about them last time that you might have known them but it is social distortion and it's at the hollywood palladium so it's a great um like art deco style uh venue with really good acoustics and it was just a great i've probably seen three shows there but total i've seen in the 20s with social distortion what so, year was that oh the first time i saw them probably 90 91 oh right okay and so i i've seen them at other places and they do house of blues orange county they have like a residency almost uh, during the holidays and such but they are they are just fantastic one of my all-time favorites what's what's the number one venue to go and see live music in LA then? For me, it's going to either be the Greek or the Bull, any outdoor. And those both are are nestled in the Hollywood Hills. So the best thing about that is there's a, a noise ordinance. So you're in the car by 11. So oh. right on. <laughs> oh, yeah. We actually, we did get to see the Hollywood Bowl from up above, didn't we? we did. Oh, looked fantastic yes yeah it's great the people that were that were showing us around did try and get us oh no that was at uh griffiths observatory yeah it wasn't trying to get us behind the scenes same same area so very you know nice and um i saw david gilmore at at the hollywood bowl with mike so that was and uh and then uh david crosby came out so it was it was really sweet so that that venue i've seen the go-go's there it's just it's awesome Yeah. It's really, really good. Very famous venue. World famous. Indeed. Indeed. Go on then, Neil, you're number eight. 
So it's ACDC. We heard a little bit of their live uh, just now on the uh, clips when I did my facts. And this was on the 4th of July, 2015 at Wembley Stadium. It's the first time I ever managed to get tickets to see them. Um, we were very close to the front. Um, we were allowed down into that area. I've never been so scared at the opening of a concert in my life because everybody surged forward when they came out after the bells had tolled and everything exploded. And my feet for the first song, and I'm a I'm a hefty chunk of a man. <laughs> <laughs> There's a sound bite for you. There is. I'm a um, hefty chunk of a man. And my feet genuinely didn't touch the floor till well into the second song, and I was starting to panic. And the person I was with, I purposely held her um, uh, handbag strap so I didn't lose her. And I was like this: if you if, <laughs> like up and down, we were going, and my feet were on the floor. But the highlight as well is I got to chat to my good old friend Jarvis Cocker of Pulp after it, God, and that's you where keep the info- meeting him, don't you? Well, that was the first oh, place that I the, met. Yeah, oh, that's that where the picture right. came from right, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Of him. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we got had a picture and I met him and his partner, whether it's his wife or girlfriend, I'm not too sure now. But um, yeah, they were lovely. And the gig was amazing. Um, yeah. So how, how long do your ears ring after you sort of get home from an ACDC concert? Actually, it's not so bad. I mean, I've seen Motorhead a few times and that takes probably two or three days. Right. Whereas ACDC, the next morning I was fine. They oh, right. sort of control it a bit more. I suppose they have to, really. Uh, but whereas like Motorhead play a lot smaller venues, you're indoors. There's nowhere right. for the sound to go. No, that's true. Uh, but it, they were phenomenal live. And it was the last time J- Brian Johnson, it was the last tour that he actually uh, managed to sing on. So, mm. Oh, lucky you. That's yeah, awesome. So I was lucky he's, to see He's him. got a, an amazing voice. It's, it's unique. It is unique. I don't know mm. how he's managed to sing for so long with a voice like that. Yeah, I think that's just... But he's quite gruff when he talks as well, so I think it's just yeah. a natural thing, isn't it? Yeah. And again, you have the bands, the people that love Bon Scott won't take Brian Jones, uh, Brian Johnson. Um, I'm I'm in both camps. I like both their music, but yeah. there are some people that will not touch Brian Johnson's stuff and likewise. Oh, oh really? Very bizarre, but okay. yeah. Another band that I know very, very little about, I must admit. They're ultimately a live band, and I didn't realise till recently they've never done a, an official best of album. Oh, right. The only the closest they came to an album to buy was Maximum Overdrive, which was that film with Emilio Estevez, and it, they had a lot of their hits in it, and they put yeah. it out as a vinyl and a single. So oh. that's the nearest they came to it. There you go. Well... Going on from ACDC, the, the natural progression for ACDC <laughs> is uh, Take That. Now, I don't know, Anna, if you've heard of Take That. They're a, a British boy band, very similar to your Backstreet Boys, and um, and they went away for a while, and then they came back, and one of their uh, members left in the mid-'90s, which yeah, about Robbie, Robbie Williams. So... Um, we went and saw, I've seen Robbie a couple of times. I've seen Take That once when it was just four of them. Uh, and then in 2011, Robbie came back and they did the Progress Tour. So it was really good because you had the four members of Take That did like half an hour. Then Robbie came on and did half an hour of his because he's a massive star in the UK, um, did half an hour. And then they did like half an hour as a five-piece, back as a five-piece band. They'd written and released a new album, which was mm. really good. Um, it was the first time I'd seen 
my middle daughter when Robbie came out was and it was a very clever way of doing it. The take that finished their song, they sort of walked into the screen, and then all of a sudden Robbie Williams was on the screen, like trying to get out of the screen, and he's running around, and the next minute he's at the top of the screen and he abseils down onto the stage <laughs> and then does his bit. And my my daughter was just burst into tears because she thought, oh my God, I'm going to see Robbie Williams. And it was a really good gig. It was a really, really good gig. I I, I do like, now that Take That have come back and are a bit more grown up and it's not... Um, it's not so poppy, is it? It's not so poppy, no. And the whole that whole album is really, really good and Robbie was really good in it. So that was, yeah, I can't believe that was 20. Where did you see them? That was Wembley Stadium. Wembley but Stadium. But we were, we were right up in the gods. Oh, right, yeah. Um, but it was... Um, Pet Shop, Pet Shop Boys were one of the people. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was Pet Shop Boys and Ollie Murs who were hit, who were the uh, support acts. Oh wow! And Pet Shop Boys were fantastic. It was yeah, like I've seen them live. A few times. Pet Shop Boys was the supporting act. They were the supporting act. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's well, I, I wrote the that, name down you? so I could check them out later. So. Yeah. yeah, it was it, like I say. I would anything from beautiful world is the album um from that that's more sort of grown up kind of stuff with some really really good songs patience is a great song he's a great um, songwriter isn't he gary barlow let's be honest he's a natural songwriter he is he is he is in okay. fact i went to high school with the gary barlow <laughs> he's not the same person so <laughs> oh, it might be it might be, no, anna, we too. <laughs> might well be it wouldn't surprise me anna put it this way the way this podcast has gone it wouldn't surprise me if you, if you did. Well, do Wembley's that. on my bucket list as far as concerts go. So I have, right. you know, because I'm a lady of a particular age and I need to get around and see some more concerts. So, well, Wembley stayed. I mean, I, I mean, I, yeah, they, I mean, they still do. Yeah. Concerts, well, don't very they? much so. Yeah. 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 yeah but it's, it's weird because there's a lot of football stadiums in the UK now. Like Anfield, uh, Liverpool do a lot of stadium, uh, do a lot of co- concerts and stuff as well. And Tottenham and well, Tottenham's a huge one because that's where Beyonce is playing, isn't she? This year, oh, is it? Oh, did you get your Beyonce tickets, Pav? I didn't. No, I missed out. I mi- I, I didn't have the seven hundred and fifty pounds that I needed to get the seats in the back. Unfortunately, ask me. I'm supporting her. Oh, I- <laughs> you're supporting her. <laughs> with me with me spoons. <laughs> Played on your titanium leg. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, go on then, Anna, your number seven then, please. So a band I, I believe the two of you should know. I hope that you would know them. Um, the venue was The Palace in, in Hollywood, and the band is The Specials. The yeah. Specials. R.I.P. Terry Hall. R.I.P. Yes. Terry. So it was about 94, 95. Yeah, and uh, I was still young and single, and it was I my the whole body ached for days because you just you get in there and you just dance the entire time. Mm. So it was it was awesome. Yeah, I'm a fan I mean, of the specials. I mean, I can remember the specials from when I was a kid and like being at school. Yeah. It was like mm. when you when I was at school, it was like the mods came back. It was all about mm. the jam, the specials, the beat. Um, all of that kind of madness. Yeah. It was all about that kind of stuff. It was it was interesting that the specials, and I think, well, they're called the English Beat, aren't they, over in America? Um. Well, yeah. It, well, I think because there's the beat and the English beat and how it all ties together, I get confused. I just like the music. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But the whole Scar kind of you know, modern yeah. revival. It yeah. was uh, a massive thing when I was growing up. Yeah, <clears> I, I, I definitely loved them. 
I was always going to say, I always thought Terry Hall was one of the coolest guys, though. He always seemed so bloody cool. He was just a grumpy git, though, as well, wasn't he? I mean, he never smiled. He never, ever read, smiled. Read up about him and find out what an awful life he really had. Really? Up. Yeah, I won't. I won't go and read about it. It was honestly, basically can't believe what happened to that guy when he was oh growing up as a kid. Yeah, such a shame as well. I mean, a great yeah. voice. One, another one of those unique voices. As soon as he started singing, you knew who yeah. it was that was singing. Yeah, without a doubt. That's a great one. Okay, then, Neil, you're number seven. So this is Fleetwood Mac. Um, they did a complete reform of all the original members back in 2015 again, which turned out to be the last time they would ever perform all as a, a troop again, obviously with the loss of um, Christine McVie. And it was the uh, 22nd of June 2015 at the London O2. They ended up, they uh, originally announced one date and I tried and tried and uh everything kept crashing. So I've managed to get through on the phone to Ticketmaster, which is a a complete rarity. And he said, you're not going to believe this, but tickets are literally going on sale in about a minute for the next date. And I said, okay. And they got me in. We we were sat in about the middle and he got me tickets, but they ended up playing about 15 nights in the end. So I needn't have panicked. Yeah. um, Absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. I would have loved to have gone to that. Mm. Lindsay Buckingham is just mesmerising when you watch him on stage. I mean, he did the big love to us all. He does it every night. That's his party piece, obviously. Um, just seeing them all. I mean, they opened, which always shocked me, and they didn't change their set because I subsequently looked at all the other venues that they played. But they always opened with the chain. Right. It's the song that I would have thought was perfect for ending. But Do you think uh, that was a perfect opening song? It is a perfect opening song as well, but it's because it's so iconic. Mm. I, I thought that would have been in the uh, in the end section, but yeah, it was fantastic, fantastic to see them, goosebumps moments and everything like that. Yeah, so I'm glad I finally got to see them, even though I've got a tour T-shirt from the Tusk era. Have you? Not that is me. awesome. Uh, Not from me. <laughs> My cousin I, went to see I have them. a confession to make as well, Neil, that if we ever do our top 10, I don't know what album, what year it was, the 70s albums we did, um, yeah. I'd have rumours in there because I've listened to that a lot. Told you. That it is one hell of an one album. One of the greatest albums. I've I been banging on to him for I know. years, Anna. I, just, I listened list. to it once he, at work. He, I'd never, I had, I'd never, I know, I know, Anna, please, I know. Oh, <laughs> Neil. <laughs> but the thing was, is like, I looked, at, I thought, let's have a look at rumours. And I thought, oh, well, I know that song. I know that's, oh, Christ, I know that song. I was like, 75% of it I already knew. Mm. And then, like, um, I, I thought, oh, I'll put it on. And then I can't, what's the name of the first song on the album? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, oh, I can't remember what it is. But it's a, bit of a, it's a, it's a, a jaunty ditty, mm. is what it is. And I thought, oh my god, this is fucking brilliant! This whole <laughs> album is fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would think love of the to music that they made, right? The lyrically, mm. the music, everything, put it together, and then they're all having these crazy relationships mm. with I such know. volatility. And I mean, I don't know if there's like swapping, but there was some, um, you know. Well, there was a lot of hate, there was a lot of love, there was a lot of drugs. and yeah. uh, But a lot of the songs are about each other on Rumours. That's yeah. what we forget. You know, that's, uh, you know, that's um, um, Lindsay having a go at... Um, at Stevie. Stevie. Stevie and Stevie having a go at Lindsay and then Christine having a go at John. And, 
The only one who wasn't involved was Mick. Yeah. Yeah. He's too busy banging the drums. If you don't love me now, you'll never love me again. Like saying those words to the Mm. person who's right. Like this is shit's about you. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was the whole thing. It it all went um, like viral on TikTok. Was it because of the program? Was it a Daisy Six or something? I can't remember what it was called. Mm. But it was I think I know the video you're talking about. Yeah. Because it was the Silver Springs, wasn't it? Yeah, and there was a there was a TV show where they must have had something to do with that song, and that's the song where she's singing it to him, and right. it's all about them. And he and, has to take it. He just has, it, I am it, not a Lindsay fan. He's it, a great musician, but you hurt my woman. I love Stevie. <laughs> yeah, I'm with she you on the, that, Anna. Yeah, I'd marry her tomorrow. I would too. Mm. <laughs> and I don't I like women that way, but I mean, it's Stevie Nicks. You just don't say no. She's just the epitome of cool and beauty to me. Yeah. With a hell Absolutely. of a voice as well. With a hell of a voice. Hell of a voice. Um, okay. My number seven uh, was the Silver Cleft Award winners gig in Nebworth in 1990. Now, this was like a live aid kind of thing on a Saturday afternoon. So this was the uh, this was the rundown. You had Cliff Richard again, Cliff and the Shadows, Tears for Fears, Phil Collins, Genesis, Elton John, Dire Straits, the Notting Hill Billies, Paul McCartney, Robert Plant, Eric Clapton, and Pink Floyd, all on the same bill. Now, I've said to Neil about this before. So Tears for Fears, I can remember, sort of kicked it off because it was pissing down the rain. And I can remember someone's going to get electrocuted with all that mu- musical stuff on the stage. Someone's going to get <laughs> electrocuted. Um, but it was like legend after legend after mm. legend. And I can remember that Pink Floyd headlined the thing. And I didn't know the only song I knew of Pink Floyd was Another Brick in the Wall. And it got to that point And I thought, right, come on, then. I want you to impress me. And and nothing, it just didn't. <laughs> nothing went in. Do you know what I mean? There was an amazing like laser show and stuff like that. And I thought I don't understand why everyone is. I it just didn't. It just didn't impale me for some uh, reason. And I, I don't know why. I honestly don't know why. I don't no, know whether you... it was just it was been a long day. Do you know what I mean? And like Paul McCartney was fantastic. Everyone singing Hey Jude. There was 120,000 people there. And that just got me. And I was maybe I was just emotionally drained from the whole McCartney of it all. I don't know. But uh, I know Anna's Anna's looking looking at me in disgust. We need a lava lamp. Neil, you need to get your ass over to the States. (laughs) When you're here, I'm going to get the two of you stoned. And we're going to look at a lava lamp. Okay. And we're going to listen to all Pink Floyd's music and you will understand i i'm booking I my flight it. now yeah yes. <laughs> when should we it, it is it is just I, i've always liked them but being married to a huge pink floyd fan that's where i, I kind of had to and then it was like holy shit what have i been missing out on okay i'm going to start by making you a playlist and then we're going to have a conversation okay you do that anna because so. i was saying I need, I need to know what is the the in thing i did listen to I, can't, I might have been Dark Side of the Moon. Okay. But again, there's times I think when I, I don't know whether you've got to be in a certain mood to listen to that kind of stuff. I don't know. Or is it because I do I'm know just, other people. I'm a, lazy, I'm a lazy listener. That's what it Pab, is. Have I do know other people that have got no time for Pink Floyd. So you're not alone. I mean, everybody's, you can't all like the same stuff. No. But the only thing I can't take but, is when I know a few people that turn around to me and go, nah, Pink Floyd is shit. And I think... How can they be shit? You might not like them, but they're but then not I said shit. That the trouble is now with the whole rumours of it all. 
I need to just sit and listen to stuff instead of just going like like rumors. No rumors. Listen to it and I go, oh my god, this is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. So it might be the same with Pink Floyd. Anna just can't even look at me now. Like she's just looking in disgust. My go-to album, no matter what my mood, and but I want to chill and relax, is The Wall. Because right. it's a never-ending album. It just, you know, it starts where it finishes and finishes where it starts, exactly. Okay. I um, saw Roger Waters perform The Wall at the LA Coliseum oh, a couple years ago. I'm well, to, I mean, it was more than six years ago, so. Wow. I'm off to see him at the end, well, fingers crossed that I've still got my leg, but at the end of May, I've booked two, two nights, uh, one in Birmingham and one in Glasgow. So fingers crossed. He's a fantastic performer. Hopefully he won't get too political, but he's got his causes and a voice that he, you know, chooses Mm. to use, which I respect. But it it took a little bit away from the night, but oh man, he's got the flying pig that comes down Mm. and it's just like all see, Pop, you need drugs. Just you just gotta embrace the drug. I'm thinking about this, and then I'm also seeing Brit Floyd in June. So it's like the Pink Floyd cover band that's Mm. sanctioned by Pink Floyd. And so I'll see them here at Red Rocks and they're just <laughs> that's that's a statement that is Pav, you need drugs. There you go. <laughs> we we get on a shirt. We need another shirt. Yeah. Pav <laughs> needs <laughs> drugs. <laughs> <laughs> now what they need to start, you see, um, Anna, is they've got to legalize weed here, and then we can get Pav and myself, we can become the biggest stoners <laughs> in the UK. We'll have lava lamps everywhere. They'll be they'll be yes. all over the place. And then but I can Anna, introduce him to all this this yeah. music. Anna, make me a playlist so then at least I've got some oh, kind honey, of please. I've got some it's kind of in. Halfway yeah? done. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> anyway, right. So uh Anna, you're number six then, please. Uh another one of your statesmen, I believe. Uh so crappy venue, but good sound. So it's just a little shithole, but it's the OC, Orange County Fairgrounds of all places in California. Orange County Fairgrounds, it was, I believe, 2015, and it's Echo and the Bunnymen with Berlin. Oh, wow. Oh, so wow. it was, it was, it's called uh, Pacific Amphitheater is what it's called. So you're probably 20 miles out from the beach, so you get that nice coastal breeze and then it just I mean it's echo right I get to see them at cruel world I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with it but it's a festival one day festival I don't know how they call it a festival if it's one day one day festival happening at the Rose Bowl in California um May 20th so it's Susie um Iggy Pop Billy Idol Adam Ant Levin Rockets and Echo and the Bunnymen just a, a myriad of of uh, great 80s people so but yeah that that show was phenomenal i bet it was i, bet I it wonder was. if that's the same one that's coming to we've got a gig with iggy pop coming here i mean i haven't got tickets because i basically can't afford them but there's iggy pop and there's a new thing called generation sex which is billy idol steve jones and the sex pistols um i can't remember which one of the clash and they've all come together so with like this a band. Super mm. and they're playing wow. so and, that's and of course, Berlin. Now, Berlin's lead singer is not Terry Head. Yeah, Terry. I can't remember her Terry last Head. name, but things could have been so much different because she auditioned to be Princess Leia. Really? Back in the day, I did yeah. not know that she no, was no, one no. of the ones. She was one of the Gee, ones. Pop, you have Star Wars knowledge. I do. I would never have guessed. <laughs> 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 I didn't know that one. Thank yeah, you. Cindy. Such a was it Cindy Williams who was Laverne or Shirley? Wasn't she? Which one she was? Cindy Williams was Shirley. Was Shirley, and she passed away not long ago, didn't she? Correct. But um, she also um, 
uh, went up for the role as well. There's footage of her doing the her stuff with oh, wow. uh, Harrison Ford doing her uh, what's it called audition. Yeah, it was one of the oh. ones. Oh, wow, wow. There you go. Okay, Cindy or uh, Princess Leia, uh, Carrie Fisher was just in so many iterations of her career. Just an idol of mine. Oh, I adored one. her. She's another one like Stevie Nicks. I would. I would. Oh yeah. Oh, anyway, Neil, number six, please. So I got to see Black Sabbath on their very, very last gig ever with Ozzy Osbourne and the original lineup in their home city of Birmingham on the 4th of February, 2017. Now, it is one of the most expensive concerts I've ever paid for, but I thought, you know, damn, I've only ever seen them once before. I need to go and see them again. And why not see them on the final night of their hometown? Now, it was a great gig. I was We were all expecting a few more special guests, but there weren't. And Ozzy was on fine form. You know, he even managed to get from one side of the stage to the other without any mishap. So he was on great form. The songs were fantastic. They've never sounded better. I mean, it was so much better than what I'd seen the year before when they performed. Um, and yeah, it was. it's just a fact that I can wear the T-shirt to say I was there on their final gig. Um, Did they know it was the final gig? At yeah, the time? yeah, it was announced. Oh, right, right. I mean, so it was 2017 and the average price for a gig then was about 65 to 95 quid. I think I paid £295 back then for the ticket and the privilege. Wow. I'm not regretting it a bit. No, no. Got, no well worth it. Well worth yeah, it. Yeah, I've got the T-shirt back there um, that I won't ever wear again. Um, yeah, it's all framed up in my little T-shirt folder. So, yeah, it's a it's one that I'll never forget. Piece of history. Mm, Piece of absolutely. History. Indeed. Good one. So how many times have you seen Black Sabbath then? Three. So you said that what? So the second time wasn't such a, a great. Time. I saw them the year before at the Download Festival. Right. They were good. They weren't great. I mean, I'd does that of... not put you off wanting to see them again? If it hadn't mm. have been their last one, would you have? Yeah, I'd paid have still that money gone, to go and see them again. Yeah, I'd have still paid the sixty-five quid easily to have gone to see them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're icon. I know we use it a lot, but they are legends, aren't they? They're icons and legends. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, we saw them. At the Download Festival. I think I was spoiled the Friday night. It was it was the year that they called it Drownload, where we were up to our knees in mud, tents right. floating off in the rain. Um, the night before, Ramstein performed. And I'd never seen Ramstein before. And if you've never, ever watched any of this stuff, do look at their, their, their live stuff, because they are the masters of a live show. The guy is a trained pyrotechnic, the lead singer. So everything they do is flame-induced fireworks. I mean, the recent tour they did, they've got towers going all the way through the stadium that are emitting these flames and everything. So everybody's involved in a massive stadium. And I'd never, like I said, never seen anything like this. And I think I was just still so awestruck and damp that I think Black Sabbath just didn't quite do it. You know, they didn't really have flames going. They just had lights. And Ozzy was so obviously that night reading off the teleprompter. Oh, really? Um but they were good, but yeah. yeah, I'd had enough, you know, if you if you know what I mean. I thought I'd rather see them indoors. <laughs> yeah, 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 fair enough. Yeah. Um, talking of icons, um, my number six is Slow Hand, is God. Uh, I've seen Eric Clapton about five or six times, I think, because he, he always does uh, residences at... Um, the Albert Hall. That's it, the Albert Hall. Uh, but this was at the Birmingham Indoor Arena. The reason this one is so high up this was early 2000s and we were in the second row wow. i'd never been that close before 
and you could see the sweat dropping off the back of his neck. It was, and it was, it was mesmerizing just watching Eric Clapton play the guitar. To be able to be that close and see, like, see his finger work, it was, <laughs> it was, it was just mesmerizing. And it was the first, I think, it was the first gig that Andy Fairweather Lowe played in his band. Right, and it, you could tell that he wasn't quite up to speed. Not up to speed, but not quite had the the uh, confidence because he had a microphone set up for him, but he never sang once in it. So right, he was just trying to find his feet being in the band. Um, but it was a it was a it it was just a different perspective because normally at the Albert Hall you're up in the gods or you know, and I'd watched him do his blues night and I'd watched him doing his band with the four piece band and then with like the nine piece band. I never got to see him with the orchestra, which was I I'd heard it but never saw it. But to see him two rows away was mm. just I mean, I mean it wasn't to the to the scale of Anna's kind of you know sitting on the stage watching a gig, but it was like, it's the closest that I got to it. So that's why it, that's that's sort of high up in my uh, top ten. Anyway, we're I'm halfway envious. through. I'm envious actually, Pat. Really, it's, a, it's an artist I would have loved to have seen but never had the opportunity. Really? Mm. You mean you're envious of one of the gigs I've been to? Yeah, That's not right. Go. What's going on? We're in the up. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Side dime now. Okay. <laughs> we're halfway through, so we're going to have our quiz. It's the first one to three points. Uh, who wants to go first or second? Ladies first. Ladies first. Who are you calling a lady? No. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Okay, okay. so if, uh, if Anna doesn't get it right, it'll go over to you, Neil, to get the point, to steal the point. So here we go. Question number one, Anna. What city was the US, uh, US part of Live Aid held? I know it's a bit before your time. This was 19. Oh, no, it's right in my time. Oh. I'll be 52 in July. I just. Uh, no. No. It's not Chicago. Uh, uh, Philadelphia. Is correct. Yes. It was Philadelphia. Oh, well pulled done. Pulled that right out of my backside. <laughs> so one you can nil. see the brain. <laughs> <I'm being good>. <laughs> <laughs> Cogs were returning. Okay, Neil. Uh, yes. This is the reason that I asked whether you wanted to go first or second, because this is an ass of a question. Status Quo opened up Live Aid in 1985 in London. Who opened up the US part of Live Aid? I'm all on. I was going to say, I've got it all on video. It's not, it's on D- oh, Blu-ray, I should say. God, who opened it? Oh, no, I can't. I, I'm going to have to pass. I can't think. Okay. Any ideas, Anna? Phil Collins? It wasn't. It was a guy called Bernard Watson. He was a, just a singer-songwriter with his guitar, and somebody went up and asked him if he wanted to be the first person to do this, the start of the, the Philadelphia one, and he got up on stage and sang a couple of songs. Wow. A little bit of a trick question there. Okay. Anna, for you, what is the name of the stage that hosts the headliners at Glastonbury? Of course, I'll know that one. <laughs> <laughs> Can I give her a clue? Think of think of Roger Waters and think of Pink Floyd. There's something they have on some of their uh, artwork that might help. Oh, um, or think of ancient Egypt. Yeah. Oh, the, the pyramid. Yes. Well done. <laughs> and I'm throwing my game signs at the same time. So. Oh, dear. Okay, then, uh, Neil. Uh, who headlined Woodstock in 1969? Oh, who headlined that? Now, you've got three different choices because there were three different days for Woodstock. So you've got Right, well, one different... of them will be the the who. Didn't they headline? So, well, you've, you're, or there's Jimmy Hen. Was it Jimi well, Hendrix? You need to get. I, do, I don't want each one. Just give me one out of the three. All right, I'll say Jimi Hendrix. Is correct. Is correct. Uh, uh, any ideas who? on the other one? And was the it who the... wasn't one of them? No. No. And I got any ideas? Well, Jimmy was there. I'm thinking Janice would be there, but I'm not. Not Janice Joplin. No. Not on the you roster. Had, uh, Jefferson Airplane. Mm. And yeah. you had Joan Baez. They were the three headliners. Um, okay, so back to you, Anna. Is it back to you, Anna? Yes. I think so. Back to you, Anna, to win. This is for the win. Bruce Springsteen is legendary for his three-plus-hour shows. Can you name his band? The East Street Band. Yay! Well done. <laughs> oh, that's, that was the wrong one. I wasn't supposed to be that one. <laughs> yeah, that was. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing now. It's supposed to be that a round of applause. Anna wins. Neil, you still haven't won a quiz. I'm happy with that. I'd rather the guests won than me. He's just a very gracious host. He's a That's very, all. very great, gracious host. Okay. Back to the work in hand. Anna, you're number five, please. 
I don't even know if you would know them, but it's going to be on your playlist, Pav. Uh, The Doobie Brothers. Oh, the Doobie Brothers, yeah. So the Doobie Brothers, uh, we were able to catch them with Chicago at Red Rocks in 2019. Now, I grew up on the Doobie Brothers, you know, my parents' music kind of thing and just transitioned to me. But, oh, what a trip. It's only, I think, four of the original members. But it was like you're spending the night with four of your coolest uncles. It was right. awesome. <laughs> Isn't that Michael McDonald? Four of your coolest pot smoking uncles. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> Isn't that Michael McDonald was one of the Doobie Brothers? Uh, yeah, yeah. Or was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. Doobie Brothers he, he wasn't and Chicago. There, though, but... He wasn't there. Yeah, it was. Well, and it was only Peter Cetera and I don't remember the other guy. Um, so it was like two. Like, okay, it's not Chicago. You've got two, but right. Okay, it was the it was the she. Out of Chicago. Well, and and Chicago um was the main act, but I was like two songs in, I'm like, I'm good to go. I saw the Doobie <laughs> Brothers, I need That's nothing it. else, life is good. Yeah. So, Fair play. And that was 2019 as well. Yeah, yeah. They're still doing it. Nice, very good. Uh go on then, Neil, you're number five. So this is Marillion. I don't know whether Anna would know this band very much. Um but they're Anna's a prog. Prog rock band from the 80s. I, I'm going the Fish era. Fish was the lead singer. 21st of December, 1987, NEC, Birmingham. Again, um, now I'd seen Marillion before at the a, a local city to us, at the Gloucester Leisure Centre a couple of years before. Um, but I chose this one because this is when they were at the top of their game. They were playing the big arenas. So they were playing your Wembleys, your Birmingham's and that. Um, it was fantastic. It bites supported. Do you remember it bites? I do remember all it the heroes. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, they weren't very good live. Really, weren't very good live. But Marillion were fantastic. Put on a hell of a show. Um, but another reason was because I wasn't quite eighteen. I had to. We had to be accompanied by an adult back then. And my mum liked the music, so she decided to. She would take us and sit there. So we all descended to the stage. She was left holding the bags, the T-shirts or whatever on this row, completely on her own. We weren't far from the stage. And the lead singer dedicated a song to my mum, oh. <laughs> which was oh. quite... I mean, I was annoyed at the time because I was a huge fan and I wanted him to dedicate it to me. But it was the more I think about it, it was really sweet that my mum had a song dedicated to her in the middle of this huge arena. So, so was, that, was that Fish era? Yeah, was very much dedicated so. dedicated a song to your mum? Yeah. Which song? And funnily enough, now that I sort of... I mean, I still follow the guy. I've seen the guy live every time he does a tour and everything. And we've actually chatted. I've met the guy. You know, I've even had a pint of beer with him. So um, it's bizarre. Which song did he dedicate to his mum, to your mum? Uh, Sugar Mice. Oh. Not dedicated, oh. but he said, um, you know, there it is. I wouldn't say, oh, this is to you like that. Yeah. <laughs> but the way he said it and pointed yeah. her out, it was really sweet. Oh, bless. Yeah. Oh. Sang to my mum. That can't be bad. No. Okay, my number five, a bit of a cheat. I haven't actually got a specific gig for this one, but it, I've seen him so many times. Billy Joel. Um, I'm going to choose actually the Stormfront. Um, uh, I think I saw him twice on that tour. He's just an amazing singer live. He's fan- He doesn't use the fact that he's restricted behind a piano Mm. to to entertain the crowd and the one thing i will say that that um fact that you said about um the fact that he the front two rows yeah my two cousins went and saw him and that exact thing happened oh really Uh, one of the security guards came to them and and said you need to come with me thinking that they'd done something wrong took them from like the back block 
to like the second row and they wow. were just <laughs> they thought this is this is mental yeah. this is crazy and that was obviously part of of what you were talking about the fact that he likes mm. to have proper fans in those front two rows um but yeah he's, i mean I, what, he played Wembley Stadium i think last year or the year might have been last year because it would have been covid the year before wouldn't it? i think maybe yeah. um well, he's back I, in london this summer oh is he yeah he's Where at Hyde park is he is he oh yeah, yeah. that's too but that's too big that's too, how can you enjoy that? Too, well, I'll tell people. you how later on. Okay, <laughs> all right then. But that's my that's my number five. Uh, Anna, your number four, please. Okay, so uh, I didn't go to this concert for this band. I'm a huge Stone Temple Pilots fan, and Scott Weiland had found himself in prison. So the boys did another band called Talk Show with a crappy singer. I don't know who you are, but whatever. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll stick around and see this other act. You know, it's the guy from Nirvana, so it couldn't be all that bad. Oh so 1997, the Foo Fighters at the Hollywood Palladium. Wow. It was incredible. Life Early foods. Wow. It was, yeah, 97. It was mm-hmm. awesome. And and the again, the Palladium is, it's a great old venue with, with great acoustics. So it was awesome loud so loud so they give you value they, oh sorry i was saying it's oh. hard to imagine them going that long mm. well, he was on his own as the Foo fighters for a few years wasn't he oh, it was he? just just dave grohl and that oh, was right. it he did everything on the first few albums oh really Played the drums guitar the bass everything wow i didn't know yeah that. i mean I've, I've seen them a couple of times my favorite my favorite gig not venue i didn't put it in there because i absolutely detest the venue they played at milton Keynes bowl Oh, I saw it with um, I saw the Foo Fighters, and they do do put on a show, don't they? I saw Iggy Pop, Royal Blood, and Iggy Pop supporting, and I'm a huge Iggy Pop fan. So it was, I mean, that I was still buzzing from that when they came on. But they had John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin guest with them, and Roger Taylor when Taylor Hawkins did his Queen tribute. Roger Taylor actually came out and played the drums for him which was fantastic i can't wait to see iggy at that music festival oh, i'm going to just that's, that's total bucket like mm. oh that man he's <laughs> just amazing isn't he but i read recently well i read an interview with him recently but he's been told he's not allowed to drop his trousers anymore or he will be arrested that's it i'm selling my fucking ticket okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean why so soon i know i was gonna say and it's not like he does it for sexual gratification it's just icky pop isn't it hasn't he been doing that for like 50 years yeah so why why worry about it now why stop him now who cares (laughs) because people are more offended by a bodily part than they are by a murder now it's like it's like it's like arresting willie nelson now for smoking pot he's been doing it for like 90 years so why worry about doing it now and there we go and the guy that snoop dogg said is the only man that he's ever smoked with that he couldn't keep up with (laughs) willie nelson (laughs) he did say that that. Uh, he did. <laughs> uh, go on then, Neil, you're number four. Uh, so we talked about him before. Anna was so lucky to see him do the wall live. I never was that lucky. But I went to see Roger Waters on the Us and Them tour in Birmingham again. I do like Birmingham as a venue. It's not so busy as London. Uh, 7th of July, 2018, where it was just... They played pretty much the whole of The Dark Side of the Moon. It's where they did the famous laser prism over the whole crowd. Um, they recreated the um, iconic um, album from uh, Animals, you know, with the floating over the Batsy Power Station, did that right in front of us. So, so every seat you were in, 
was a brilliant view and you were included. Now, the one thing I've now learned that Roger Waters personally paid for the best sound. So he has what was called this 4KS or whatever it is, sound, which is more expensive than most people's tours. And it's so he said that wherever you're sat in the arena, whether you be up in the rafters or right at the front, you will hear the sound exactly the same. Oh, right. Yeah, he's very particular about that. And I have to say, when I saw him solo doing that, it was a phenomenal sound. And you must have had the same when you saw the wall. The sound must have been Incredible. Just been like, yeah, so it was an uh, no. outdoor arena, the, the LA Coliseum, you know, where they held the Olympics in 84, Yeah. Um, just for reference. And it was awesome. One of the best things that happened, just got lucky, um, we were seated in front of the uh, gal who was interpreting for the sign language, for American Sign Language. And okay. so just to see the theatrics of it all, plus him, plus everything else that was flying in the sky and coming towards us. And then the, you know, they do the film on the back. With the, That's right. The wall, it was just, oh. Oh. Pod, you really need to do drugs. <laughs> but the other thing That's was... The that, sequel. That's the sequel to the T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Have, you really need to do drugs. That's, That's on the back. That's on the back. <laughs> <laughs> But the fact that you go to a Roger Water concert and you never hear any feedback, no duff, no nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been accused time and time again of using backing tracks. Right. And he's, you know, he's he's gone it's out and incredible. proved it. He's gone out and shown that he doesn't do it. And we spoke about Motorhead, but Lemmy's son is actually um, Roger Waters' main guitarist. Oh, really? Taking over from Dave Gilmore, yeah. There you go. Well, when you two make it over to the States, I'm taking you to the uh, Rainbow Room on Sunset Strip. That's where Lemmy has his uh, golden seat there because he was oh, yeah. always found at, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, at the perfect. Rainbow Room at the bar. We've got so. to have another business trip, haven't we? We've got to have another business trip. It's just got to happen. Oh, dear. Don't tempt me, Neil. You shouldn't tempt oh, no. me. <laughs> Fuck it, we only live once. Uh, <laughs> um, my number four uh, was Adele at Wembley Stadium, June 2017. Now, this is uh, an infamous night for many reasons. Uh, one, it was the night, it, was the, it wasn't supposed to be the last night of her tour, uh, but her voice gave out and she ended up cancelling the last two nights, which for any of our teabagging friends, again, this is the cup of tea in the chat, um, Ali McKay was due to go on the Saturday to go and watch the final gig. For, I think she's flying, flying over from America and it had got cancelled. We could tell, myself and my wife, we could tell because I can't remember what song it was she was singing. I think it was Skyfall and she had to start again because you could tell there was something not quite right with her voice. But I, I mean, I was in floods of tears with a couple of the songs. I just was, I was a mess. But that mm-hmm. is also an infamous night because it was a Thursday night Oh, a radio night. And Thursday nights were the nights in this very room that we used to do our radio-style show. And normally, if somebody couldn't make it, we just say, oh, we won't bother doing one this week. But I left the show in the capable hands of Neil. And um, and Neil was here with two lovely ladies while we were doing the gig. And uh, it's the only time I think we ever got a... a, Well, no, we didn't. Did we get any complaints from that? Not really. We had somebody that moaned about bullying. Somebody moaned about bullying. But that was the night that I I actually phoned from Wembley Stadium, sort of live on the show. uh, And it wasn't until I got back that I found out that Neil had got his knob out. (laughs) I leave for one night 
And what happens? Neil exposes himself. Now, I'm sure we're still waiting for HR to come back and tell us uh, you know, whether you're allowed to carry on working. I don't the know. problem was... Your defence, Neil, your defence. We, it wasn't my, I think it was Loz's idea. Now you can get, not to get my knob out. Well, yeah, it was. My defense is they decided they were going to play truth or dare. Look, Anna looks absolutely disgusted. I, well, I mean, what can and I say? It was, it was your Iggy Pop moment. It was exactly. exactly. That's what it was. And all they kept badgering on when I lost the spin of the wheel and it went to dare, they kept saying, get your willy out, which is you know, to be polite. on, And I said, no, 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 no. And I got pressurized. So in all fairness, number one, the whole of little Neil didn't come out. It was only the head. <laughs> I will say that. Okay. And number two, I instantly thought, shit, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> and then number three, Loz kept asking me to do it again. Cause she turned away when I did it. So she missed it anyway. I don't think that'll hold up in court, Neil. I really don't think that'll hold up in court. Well, they've, you know, if you get asked nicely enough, who am I, who am I to not apply? I mean, look, that's that's the defence, is that they asked and you said yes. If it had just been you doing it, that's a whole different story. And I yeah, think they, never go, they were never get, shocked. Yeah, we'd never get on the air again. But, uh, well, I mean, it was just the head, wasn't it? I mean, so is this why we don't play spin the wheel anymore? Because I'm wondering <laughs> where that game is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no, we leave it to the world now. now. Don't I, worry, we're spinning the now wheel. Now I'm in my 50s. It doesn't happen anymore. No, 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 yeah. no. Anna's thinking, right, when we come over at the Rainbow Room, then it's Truth and Dare. We're going to play that as well. Oh, we're gonna yeah. Do drugs. We're going to oh, play my Truth God. and Dare. Yes. What a, what a, what a, no, I probably would weeks. get arrested. It's called debauchery. <laughs> debauchery is what's going to partake. I would probably get arrested in America because they really don't like that sort of thing, do they? No, I mean, they I mean, no sure it's, humor. I think look, it's frowned upon everywhere, Neil. To be fair, I mean, look at Jim Morrison. The poor bloke was put in prison for doing it on stage. He was. I mean, nobody else could see it. I did it on the radio. Chris Evans was doing that all the time in the nineties. But that was the nineties, Neil. It was a completely different time. Anyway, look, let's in move, my drug case, <laughs> let's move on from Neil's head and let's oh, get back. <laughs> Oh, Anna. Uh, your number three, please. Don't think less of me, Anna. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're my favorite. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my number three. Uh, so, eight, 1988, the Rose Bowl, Depeche Mode, music for the masses. Oh, well, nice. I'm that fucking old. <laughs> uh, and i have tickets for november i'll have to because i'm moving uh, back to california i'll have to fly back out to colorado to see them at a at a shitty big arena so i mean the sound yeah. will be shitty but it'll be nice to see them it'll still be fantastic to how see many times have you seen depeche mode live is it just that once uh that one uh violator and then this this up up and coming one so not not often by any no. stretch so but any opportunity to see dave shake his little tiny <laughs> and he does like to dance on stage hey maybe he'll drop trout who knows, who knows? <laughs> dream. if he's Only hanging around he... neil he will yeah gotta do it haven't we you gotta ne- do it neely pop <laughs> <laughs> neely pop yeah uh go yeah. on neil you're number three um, so again, we're back to the Brixton Academy, my favourite venue, which is unfortunately, like I said before, not open at the moment. But I saw the Eels there on the 1st of September 2010. Now, I'd seen the Eels a few times before. This was on the um, 
Who was it? Was it tremendous? Anyway, it doesn't matter. But it was when he was famously in his white uh, boiler suit with the very long beard, dark glasses and a bandana, where he got held up at London Airport for being a terrorist because oh, of the way dear. he was dressed. Oh, dear. Um, now, I've seen the Eels. I recounted it the other night. I've seen them 10 times now, uh, and I've never bored. I would see them again and again and again and again. I think they're fantastic. Are you a fan of the Eels, um, Anna? I'm. I'm not familiar. You said the eels. I'm well, writing it down. The just so eels. I can... They're just eels. You will probably know some of their songs. They, they're one of the, um, the my beloved monsters featured in Shrek. Um, uh, Nova uh, Mr. For the E's soul, beautiful a... blues was in um, Road Trip, and oh, they, 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 a lot of their songs are used in movies. I need some sleep. Yeah, was in Shrek too. Um, great, great performer, underrated, but they still sort of got this following, which is not quite on the cusp of being huge and playing arena, but not small enough to play the smaller venues. So it's always very hard to get a ticket because of the venue size that they play. But if you ever get a chance, I think they're fantastic. Just there's just the four of them on stage with E. Is doing. is that the band that you've seen the most? The most no, times fish would probably be the most. Oh right, yeah, you... yeah. I've probably seen him in the twenties, you know, up there. But after that, it'd be eels, yeah. Right. Okie dokie, and that was two thousand and ten. You said didn't it? It was nice. Okay. So, all right, hang on. Brixton Academy. What happened at Brixton Academy? It's where um, a lot of the security couldn't cope with the influx. It was a sold out gig, and they. They gate crashed basically, and three thousand extra people oh, came in, right. and there was yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sadly lost their lives that's right um there's all this investigation and everything mm. it's very sad very that's sad right. but yeah i absolutely I didn't realize love... that was brixton academy but I, mm. I, yeah and it's my favorite venue and i get so upset that it's just not open anymore it's just little it's almost like playing inside a wedding cake inside you've got oh, is lovely it? pillars and everything but the sound is fantastic Everybody who's everybody wants to play there because of the what it is and how it sounds. Yeah. Like Anna said about the venue that she went to with the acoustics, it's the same thing. Right. Perfect acoustics in there. Okay. Uh, right, my number three is Wembley Stadium, 1988, and it was the Human Rights Now tour. Oh, wow. Um, it was Yusu Indoor, Tracy Chapman, Sting, Peter Gabriel, and the only time I've ever got to see Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Now, 88 was just after um, Born in the USA and Tunnel of Love. Tunnel of Love is one of my favourite albums of mm. all time. My, my mate and I, when we went, we couldn't understand because we were looking forward to seeing Bruce Springsteen. I didn't know any of his other stuff. I just wasn't into it. So I wasn't into it that much at that time. But I couldn't understand when Bruce Springsteen was about to come on why everybody was booing. I couldn't, I could, me and my mate were looking at each other going, what's going on? Why? He's the headliner. And it wasn't until we went, spoke to somebody next to us that they were going, Bruce, Bruce. And we thought that that was, we didn't realise that until we asked this guy, because we said, why is everybody booing? No, no, they're going, Bruce, Bruce. That's what they always do. Unbelievable. I mean, he only played like an hour, maybe an hour and a half. I mean, obviously, he's, he is renowned for doing two and a half, three hour, even now, at whatever age he is now. 70s, isn't he? Something yeah. in, his, in his 70s. Um, and, and I will put it in the video playlist. There was, there's, it was the very last night of the gig, and I can't remember where he was, maybe in Brazil. And he did Twist and Shout, uh, where all the rest of the, everybody else, Peter Gabriel and that all came on stage. And it's just an amazing 
rendition of it. He keeps finishing the song and they keep going, no, no, come back, come back. And he just goes, and he goes back and starts singing it again. It's fantastic. I'll put that in the, the video playlist, but only time I'm never going to get to see him now because he's just, just too expensive. But where well, he's doing the British summertime at Hyde Park as well. Is he doing it again? Is he? Cause he did yeah. it a couple of years ago, didn't he? Yeah. You got Bruce Springsteen, Billy Joel, Guns oh. N' Roses, what a lineup! And what then you got some. That's not black... on the same night, though, is it? No, they, no, no. They it's it's spread over, isn't it? About two weeks. You've got Pink. You've got Take That again. You've got um, somebody called Black Pink that I know. I'm not into this K-pop. I don't know a lot about oh, it, right, but that's very right. successful. Yeah, there's a lot of them doing it. Oh, a lot wow. of... It's a big act thing. It's huge. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, right then, Anna, your number two, please. My number two is back to the Hollywood Palladium for uh, Jane's Addiction in 1990. So I was 18, 19 years old, and it was just knock your socks off kind of concert. Wow, envy. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know much of their stuff, I must admit. I, I, I know I a bit. I'm not a huge, uh, you know, Shocking. listener. Shocking. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Shocking. I, was at, I was at that uh, another download festival, which is a huge sort of rock festival in the UK. They were playing on the second stage, but I was so adamant that I had never seen Kiss and I had to choose between the two and I did choose Kiss. So, and mm. If you're looking at, yeah, of course, I, I would probably make the same, mm. make the same choice, but oh, shit. So, Pop, I went down to San Diego to support a girlfriend of mine that was running a marathon, her first marathon. I had to go down at five o'clock in the morning to um, go and support. And when she, you know, crosses the line, all that stuff, you know, taking off, whatever. And I see this big tour bus and I'm, well, that's odd. Who's Who plays San Diego? Whatever. I don't live there. I'm not familiar. And I see this little lady holding a pillow, walking out, and I'm thinking... That's that lady from that show. Oh my God, that's Perry Farrell's wife. Right? So I'm like dying. It's five o'clock in the morning and she's just not having it. I'm like, I'm talking to you anyways. And I look up and there he is looking like freshly coiffed hair, slacks, dress shirt, just, you know, button down to here because it's Perry Farrell. And I just walk by and like say, Good morning, Mr. Farrell. <laughs> He didn't talk back or anything. He might have said good morning. I don't know, but I was floating on air for the rest of the day. So. The Forrest Gump of rock music. I'm telling yeah. you, she is everywhere. <laughs> Those I look like love shoes. that man. That man, and I mean, his brain is fried as fuck, but <laughs> I love him. Fair uh, enough. There you go, see? And that's your number two. Uh, so, Neil, your number two. Um, so we talked about Hyde Park. This was Hyde Park, and this was last year, the 8th of July, 2022. I finally, after years and years, got to see Pearl Jam. Um, oh. My all-time favourite bands. Every time they've toured the UK, I've either not been in the country or I've been too slow to get tickets or they haven't played enough dates to be able to get them. So literally a good 20 years of trying to see them live. I finally got there and we got the tickets to Hyde Park in to see them in 2020. And lo and behold, COVID came along. <laughs> so uh, yeah. we were all excited that they said they would perform the following year, 2021. And we got our new tickets sent to us and that was canceled. And I thought I'm never going to bloody see them. 
So me and my friend decided we we got them the following year and we went to London. We booked the hotel, went and stayed, only for them to get very ill that morning. And I had to take them to hospital briefly and thought, shit, we're going to miss the gig. Being in a London hospital, we were still sat there at four o'clock in the afternoon. And I thought the gig starts at six. <laughs> but we did get there. And all fairness to them, they got themselves out of hospital, signed themselves out of hospital to go to the gig. We went straight to the gig. And when we got there, my friend, to apologise, upgraded us to the gold circle. Um, how they got the money to do that, God only knows, but I'll be forever in their debt. It was apparently to celebrate my 50th birthday that they paid for that. And we were right near the front and enjoyed the two hours, 45 minutes of pure, pure, pure Pearl Jam bliss. There you go. I love it. Couldn't have worked out any better. No. It couldn't. And now I see Eddie Vedder's festival this year, the Ohana Festival. It's got the Killers on the first night, Eddie Vedder on the second night, and the Foo Fighters on the third night. Can we go to that, Anna, please? Absolutely. Let me just call Eddie. I used to work with him. Just kidding. (laughs) Because I really want to go to that festival. They're on my bucket list. I I never was able to see them. It was Mm. way too hard to get tickets in L.A., Um, I don't think they ever have come to Colorado, not since I've been here. And that's just one band I have to see. So if it's a show where I have to travel, yeah. I will see them. Unfortunately, at that festival, it's only Eddie Vedder on his own. It's not the rest yeah. of the band. But I believe the drummer will be there because isn't it? Isn't the drummer playing for the Foos on a certain amount of the tour? Bill Jones drummer. That sounds familiar. I don't remember, I think, though. I think I'm right in saying that Matt Cameron's playing the the drums for the Foo Fighters on a certain amount of their upcoming tour. That'd so. be nice. Mm. Mm. But yes, if you're into live music, perhaps not a Pearl Jam fan, Anna. But if you're into live experience, Anna, Anna's never, ever going to talk to me again after tonight. I can just... I can how just how am I... Well, I might because, you know, I won't be able to sleep now and I'll... I'll catch you on your walk and just be like, what the hell, Bob? Well, that's it. You're just going to give me shit no matter when, whatever kind of um, (laughs) streaming service or whatever kind of social media I don't know that I could look into those baby blues anymore. Oh, Please, Anna, if I if I flip my eyelashes a little bit. Flip your what? Okay, my number two, it was August 1996. And I was stood in a field with 121,999 other people uh, watching Oasis at Nebworth. Oh, um, okay, you're back on the good side. Hey, mm-hmm. finally, one with a bit of street cred. It was... It was Oasis at the height of their powers. It was just before Be Here Now came out. They, um, I think they played two songs from Be Here Now that nobody had heard before. Um, so they were at their absolute, like the apex of their of their ultimate power, I think. Um, it, was, it, it was just, I think we had um, Prodigy and Basement Jacks were the two... Um, oh, wow, supporting movie. artists and all I can remember it was just like noise and people jumping up and down that's all it was it was just mental and then we were waiting for Oasis to come on and it was all a bit of a blur pun intended Oasis and blur <laughs> um, but it was just it was being such a massive fan of, of Oasis and seeing them with a, like over 100,000 people that were all there for exactly the same reason it was just a, a perfect evening it, it finished pretty crap because we, we went on a, uh, a coach to get there and 
I think we let the the the, the, the gig finished at eleven. We got onto the coach. I fell asleep, and it was two o'clock in the morning, and the coach still hadn't left the coach park. It was still there, and I think we got into Siren, no, into Swindon at about six in the morning. So it was a long, long day, and that was where I had that. I no, I, I won't talk about it with the poo um, <laughs> I, um, in the street uh, with a newspaper because uh, there was nothing open uh, and that's enough about that anyway um but that's my number two so you got your little pav out in the public <laughs> i did not i, I did not chastise for little neil you get little pav out oh I, well, I didn't because it was it was a number two not a number one i had to i had to well, you still have to pull your pants down well kind of we've really got to dissect this neil i shouldn't have mentioned no, I just, it i'm just trying to make myself feel better you know i'm not talking about the the defecation uh, i'm talking about your exposure uh, defecation that's what we need okay <laughs> uh before we reveal our number ones uh let's just do a rundown of our 10 to 2 anna if you can do that then neil will do it and then i'll do it and then we'll tell everybody about our number one choices radiohead the greek the Cure Love and Rockets and the Pixies at Dodger Stadium. Social Distortion is number eight. The Specials at seven. Echo and the Bunnymen with Berlin, number six. The Doobie Brothers, five. Foo Fighters at the Hollywood Palladium. Depeche Mode Music for the Masses is number three. And Jane's Addiction at Hollywood Palladium is number Lo- two. Lovely. Neil, you're 10 to 2. Yes, absolutely. So 10 was Faith No More at the Brixton Academy. Number nine was David Lee Roth at the Birmingham NEC. Number eight was ACDC at Wembley Stadium. Number seven, Fleetwood Mac at the O2 London. Number six, Black Sabbath, the Genting Arena, Birmingham. Number five was Marillion at the NEC, Birmingham. Number four was Roger Waters at the Birmingham Arena. Number three was the Eels at the Brixton Academy. And number two was Pearl Jam at Hyde Park. Lovely. Mine was number 10, the U2 Zuropa Tour, 1993. Nine, Bruno Mars, the 24K Tour in Birmingham. Eight, Take That and Robbie, the Progress Tour at Wembley Stadium. Seven, the Silver Cleft Awards winners uh, gig at Nebworth. Six, Eric Clapton at the Birmingham Arena. Five, Billy Joel, numerous uh, venues. Four, Adele at Wembley Stadium. Uh, Three, The Human Rights Now at Wembley Stadium in 1988. And at number two, Oasis and um, at Nebworth, not and Nebworth. Uh, Anna, what is your number one gig that you've been to? Uh, My number one gig, really the, the venue, my date, everything was just spectacular. So it was, um, Stone Temple Pilots at the Fox Theater in Pomona, which is like a 3,000 person venue. And that was in 2011 with Mike. Wow. Oh, wow. Where was that again? Where did you say? At the Fox Theater in Pomona. Theater. So it's outside of Los Angeles. It's in LA County. It's a very small venue, um, great acoustics. And yeah, there was other people with us, but it was me, my guy, my favorite guys on stage. And just, uh, I want to say it was the thank you tour. So it was everything um, just all thrown out there at once. And just, I could watch Scott dance all day. Just, <laughs> oh, he's still my heart. So. So how many times have you seen Stone Temple Pilots live then? Um, I saw, well, that iteration of talk show, I don't really count that, but I believe it was just four. Right. So, you know, it was a, single Anna dancing her ass off having a great time partying and then 
thankfully, you know, my partner and I, we both enjoyed them and he would, you know, anytime they would come to town, it was like, yeah, whatever you want. So it was really nice, but I, I really enjoyed that. Excellent. Who's awesome. the, who's the, the, the act that you've seen the most live then? Social distortion without right. a doubt. And, and how many times do you reckon? 23 ish. Wow. It's, it's easy to do when they, um, they play at house of blues in orange County and, and in LA. Well, I guess that one's gone now, but these, they would play all the time there and that's a, a 40, $50 ticket. And it's, right. it's just a great time. Okay. Okay. Great one. Wonderful. Lovely memories there as well. Indeed. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. Gone and Neil, you're number one. Well, probably no surprise. It's Pink Floyd. It's two dates. I saw them on both the nights they played Wembley Stadium in August 1988, 5th and 6th of August. Um, we went on the Friday first. We were a little bit late getting there, the three of us. Um, we were quite far back, so I ended up watching it um, quite a way back in Wembley Stadium, what is an 80,000-seat stadium. So we were right back. So it was good. It was fantastic. Blew my mind. But when we came out and slept in the car, the three of us, we said, right, the next night we're going to get and sit early at the gates and get down the front. So we did. So the second night I got to see them very close up at Wembley Stadium. Um, again, visually fantastic. I mean, they had a Christ, they had a Spitfire aeroplane crash on the stage. It was just phenomenal. Lasers, everything was going perfectly um, I don't know whether it was heightened because I've never smelt so much weed in my life being at a Pink Floyd concert. <laughs> I think I was floating okay. just off of the, yeah. <laughs> I was just floating off the uh, remnants of everybody else. Um, I mean, we were so packed in. I remember um, was the toilets in these places back then were not ideal. So everybody was peeing in a bottle. I, I did the same. I hope nobody drank it. Um <laughs> You know, it was just a magical... It was so hot as well. They were spraying the hoses over everybody to cool us down, handing out the water willy-nilly to try and get us all not to dehydrate. Mm. Um, And the second night is the magical night that I've never, ever forgotten. I just think it was just pure genius. I mean, they opened with Shine On You Crazy Diamond, and they did the full 17 minutes of it as the opening, and... Dave Gilmore's guitar has never sounded more sublime as it did that night. And it was nice to see them because it was the original band. You still had Nick Mason, Rick Wright, uh, um, obviously um, Dave Gilmore, um, Roger Waters not, obviously, because he left, well left the band. Yeah, the momentary lapse of reason tour. So good. So, so good. Sounds nice. magical. Mm. I'm looking forward to delving in to Pink Floyd. Yeah. As soon as Anna sends me the <laughs> playlist, <laughs> when it might to go back real quick with Pink Floyd, us and them, that was like the defining song of "Oh my God, I'm going to marry this man." Oh and really? It was that song. Yeah. Wow. Oh, there you go. Beautiful That's when it song. becomes it becomes more than just like oh, it's a band I like. When things like mm. that happen, isn't it? They become a little bit more yeah. than that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Uh, my number one. Um, I did get to see him at the Silver Cleft Awards, uh, but it's Paul McCartney at the uh, Wembley Arena, January 1990, the Flowers in the Dirt tour. Right. This was sort of like, I think it was his first big tour that he did. Um, and I can remember, no surprise, crying at the start, thinking, 
as he was coming on the stage that I am going to see a Beatle. Mm. This is like, I'm actually going to see a Beatle live. And he was, I think it was about two and a half hours that he was on stage for. And it was, I mean, Flowers in the Dirt is a great album anyway. So the songs that you were playing, you know, normally that's the lulls in gigs, isn't it? And when they're playing the new songs and you don't quite know them, but every song on that album is fantastic. So when he was doing the songs from the album, it didn't dip anymore. But then he started doing, you know, stuff from Wings and stuff from just legendary songs, all the beat of Fall on the Hill and Hey Jude and just all stuff like that was and the Hofner bass. And it's just, mm. it, it becomes a sort of like sensory overload because you think this is a Beatle. And I mean, this was what, what are we looking at now? 30, 33 years ago that this happened. So he was on top form, sounded great. Uh, Linda as well. Well, she didn't sound great, but Linda was there as well. <laughs> Lisa wasn't um, Yoko. Yeah, well, well that's, that's true. true. That's, that's true. true. But it, he had a great band with him as well. You know, some really, really good uh, yeah, musicians. But but yeah, it had to be my number one. It was just fantastic. Right, we've got some uh, honourable mentions to go through. I'll go through these, and then Anna, you can give us your honourable mentions as well, if that's okay. So, uh, Maria Pereira said, Foo Fighters, surprise show at the 9.30 Club in Washington, D.C., September 2021. Gary Lizasso, I don't go to many concerts, but One Republic was really good. Uh, Robin Hurica, uh, Silver Chair at Rock in Rio, 2001. 250,000 people, and it was one of the best nights ever. Dan the Man Harper, Metallica on the Black Album Tour. At their peak, it was my very first concert. It confirmed my decision to be a professional musician, changed my life. Vanessa Frey says, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros presents Big Top at Los Angeles State Historic Park, October 2013. It was a concert and a circus, and it was magical. I can't believe it was almost 10 years ago. Bertha Barraza says, Rage Against the Machine at the DNC in 2000. Kim Mendes, the Ramones at the Palladium in the 80s, and Pink at Bottle Rock last summer. Lisa Buchanan, Foo Fighters tribute show to Taylor Hawkins. I think about it nearly every day. Wow. Uh, Corey Ogilvie says, The Muses Drones World Tour. Amazing. I still think it was the most incredible performance I've ever seen. It was like a carefully crafted rock opera. It was a story from start to finish. The stage in the round with an arm on either side. The scrims, screens, lighting, video, actual drones, in addition to the music, was unbelievable. No wonder they filmed it and showed it in theatres a year or so later. Dawn Sardella Ayres said, Missing Persons Reunion at the Roxy. Nikki Dennis, Queen with Adam Lambert in 2019. We'll be seeing them again later this year. Also, Tears for Fears last fall. Can't wait to see them again. I thought they'd be a nostalgic band. Sorry, a nostalgia band. But their new album is fantastic and their old songs sounded fresh. Duran Duran at the Hollywood Bowl last year with fireworks during Rio for the finale. Best thing I've ever seen. Kim Peniston said, for me, it has to be Erasure back in the day and Pink more recently. I also seen Scouting for Girls at least two or three times a year. And they're always such a pleasure to watch. Simon Duffield, right. So, been to hundreds and not the biggest Foo Fighters fan. But to be honest, they were the greatest show. Three relentless hours of hit after hit and the most control over an audience I've seen from anyone. Luckily enough, uh, sorry, lucky enough to see them uh, on the In Your Honour tour. I think that was at their peak and I love every track on that double album. Lance Gallo says Green Day at the Catalyst in Santa Cruz, like a thousand people max, right after Dookie was released. Okay. 
I, I take it Dookie is the name of an album, is it? Dookie's the name of an album, yes. Thank you very much, Hannah. Uh, at this one, Samantha said, Lady Gaga's Joanne World Tour in Birmingham 2018. I was blessed to see her perform live as after the two scheduled shows in Birmingham, she cancelled the remaining tour dates due to chronic pain caused by fibromyalgia. She gave an epic performance despite her awful pain. Uh, Laura Gollop said, Skating for Girls. <laughs> Boom. And there you go. So, Anna, what was your honourable mentions? Well, first, I'd be remiss if I didn't say schedule um, in <laughs> honour of Ellie. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mentioned before I worked for a dot-com company back in the day, and we do this big uh, consumer electronics trade show in Las Vegas every year. I was invited by uh, Monster, the cable company, to attend there's so you can imagine monster with the cables and everything that they do. Um, Sir Rod Stewart came out and played a little ditty for us for two and a half hours. Really? Wow. This is when he was doing his standards. So it was quite the experience, but what will always be my most special is um, I got to see the Eagles <sighs> with Mike. So it was very similar to your COVID or Neil's COVID story about canceling, canceling, canceling. Uh, this was, I, I work for a telecommunications company and they have a box at our local arena. And so they, you know, kept going by the wayside and cancel, cancel, cancel. I'm like, I'm never going to get this. It was our last concert Aww. at box seats at the Eagles when Vince Gill um, joined them. And then it was a uh, Glenn Fry's son came out to right. play his parts as well. So it was just Aww. pure magic. Absolutely. So another band. Like, oh, yeah. It's another one of those bands that I wish I'd seen mm. as the actual Eagles. Do you know what I mean? To see them. Oh, in in all know. fairness, I would not pay the Eagles prices to see the Eagles because Mama likes a discount. I got these for free. <laughs> That's the only way it was going to happen. Yeah. And I'm just thankful that it did. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. It's beautiful. Oh well, I feel like we've really we've really gone on an adventure tonight. I feel like mm. it's, we've we've already booked a holiday to LA. I'm going to do drugs. <laughs> I'm going to get into Pink Floyd. Uh, I'm going to do drugs. I'm going to do some more drugs. <laughs> you have to. I think we have to rephrase that one and just be open to allowing Pink Floyd to get into you. I yes. think so because it's yeah. it's more of an experience that way. Yeah, I think I feel yeah, yeah. Well, whatever whatever I, I will definitely whatever you put on that playlist, I will listen and I'm not I'm going to properly listen. And I'll okay. see if it has the same effect as rumors. And you can send me your that. Samantha Fox playlist too and I'll listen to it. Okay then. Samantha Fox playlist. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wasn't it a song called Touch Me? There was a there was a song was called it? Touch Me. Yeah. yeah How do you not ding? Pop, ding. Sorry. Ding, ding, ding. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I need to get back on the old ding. I really do. That's what oh, she said. Before, <laughs> before we say our goodbyes, Neil, do you want to tell everybody how they can get in touch if they want to? Oh, uh, please, do. please do. Please do. Come and speak to us all. You can find us on all the social medias at Top 10 Pods. Do give us a click, give us a like, give us a follow, give us whatever you want to give us, really, as long as it's not catching. <laughs> Email us at top10pods at hotmail.com with any suggestions or questions or anything you'd like to ask us. Do come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods you've guessed it there's all sorts of rewards that you can get and delve your sticky mitts on check out all our links via the link tree the link is in the show notes below and do please come and give us a click give us a follow give us a like wherever you get your podcast from thank you 
Perfectly done, Neil. Uh, first of all, before I say our goodbyes and our thank yous, in no way do the top ten of anything podcast condone flashing or dropping trousers or uh, getting helmets out or anything like that. Or taking drugs. Or, t- or, or taking drugs, drugs, right? Or, or taking drugs. drugs. Uh, although we do condone <laughs> listening to Pink Floyd uh, and Stones. feeling like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah getting stoned. Um, Anna, thank you so much. That was so much fun. Um, it's uh, you're one of our favorite people, you absolutely oh, are. Oh, thank you, thank you for having me. I always enjoy this. It's and... great to see you, Neil. I'm sure I'll be talking uh, to you later, Neil, about more music, Neil, because you know, Pop's got some homework. Yes, he has. Send much. him all the music you can, but thank you very much for your love and everything. When I was not in a great place, so thank you very much. It, it, it yeah, really good luck with it with, with your recovery, and, and I hope everything goes well. Oh, so do I at the moment. <laughs> I seem to get up here and then we go down again. We're on a bit of a we're on a bit of a roller coaster, but hey, hey, we'll get life there. is a roller coaster, as mm. the man once said. Um, so that's it for this episode. Thank you very much, Anna. Thank you. Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you very much, Anna. Thank you very much, Pav. Love you both pieces. Love you. (laughs) Thank you very much, everybody, for listening and watching. Let's start the countdown and love you, Indy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.